Military murder is an independent project and is not endorsed by the Department of Defense or any military component. The views expressed are those of the host. The content of this podcast is not meant to be legal or medical advice. Warning, this episode contains graphic details of murder and is not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Happy New Year, True Crime Army. I am your host, Margot, and this is Military Murder, a show where I discuss crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. And if that's you, welcome home. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. And if you're new here, welcome to the True Crime Army. As I reflect on 2021, I just want to take a minute to thank you all for allowing me to be in your ears last year. In this day and age where you can choose from hundreds of thousands of podcasts, it's my privilege that you chose to listen here. So with that, I want to discuss the top 10 military murder stories that rocked our community last year. Looking through the list I have for you today, I have not discussed any of these cases in my main feed. But if you're in the fan club or if you follow me on TikTok, you may recall hearing about some of these cases. I'm not going to be covering anything in depth right now. These are just snippets. Things that I've taken from either affidavits or major news sources. Because they're still active cases, all of the facts have not been fleshed out yet. And just a reminder, because all of these cases are still open and active, any suspects that I discuss are just that. Suspects, and they're innocent until proven guilty in court. So, without any further delay, let's dig in. details tonight in a brazen East County shooting that left a man dead and the killers are still on the run. New tonight, an Army Ranger has been charged in connection with the death of a security guard in Tacoma. An Army soldier is behind bars at this hour, accused of killing his pregnant wife at Fort Campbell. New on the night, beat officials with Joint Base San Antonio confirming a drill instructor assigned to Fort Sam Houston was shot and killed on New Year's Day. Shots rang out. Tashiana did not survive. Her husband, Dermot, a Fort Carson soldier at the time, booked into the El Paso County Jail on first-degree murder charges. This U.S. soldier is now in custody, facing several charges in the murder of a pregnant woman from LaGrange, Georgia. Tonight, we're learning more about an active-duty U.S. Coast Guard member who was murdered outside her Riverside home last week. Police are still searching for a killer. And we are learning much more about a murder that took place in Colleen involving two Fort Hood soldiers. According to an arrest affidavit, a man killed the mother of his child. A Hawaii based soldier has been charged with murder in connection with his wife's death. From us tonight, a Navy chief at NAS Pensacola is accused of shooting and killing her husband. Number 10 The Unsolved Murder of Jessica Mitchell. On the very first day of 2021, at 2.30 a.m., San Antonio Police Department responded to a single car crash accident along I-10 near West Avenue in San Antonio, Texas. As first responders approached the white Dodge Charger idling in the road, they recognized immediately that this was not an accident at all. The car was riddled with gunshots, and inside, the driver was dead. The driver was Staff Sergeant Jessica Mitchell, a soldier stationed at nearby Joint Base San Antonio, Fort Sam Houston. Jessica's white car had red transfer paint on it, which signified that Jessica may have swerved and either hit or intentionally been hit by a red car. 
Investigators immediately retraced Jessica's steps that New Year's Day, and they soon learned that minutes before Jessica's death, she had spent New Year's Eve celebrating with friends at the Fourth Quarter Sports Bar on Wurzbach Road. She left the bar in her car, and minutes later, she was gunned down. Police found surveillance video of Jessica driving, and seconds behind her, they spotted a red SUV vehicle. And this red SUV was suspect, but the police didn't make the surveillance video public. Well, about a month after Jessica's murder, the Army offered a $25,000 reward for information in Jessica's case. Then, in July, San Antonio Police Department finally released surveillance video of a car that they believe is connected to Jessica's shooting death. The public knew this video existed, but now they could finally see it with their own eyes. Along with the $25,000 offered by the Army, Crime Stoppers is now offering $30,000 for information leading to an arrest and conviction in Jessica's case. Jessica is survived by her 10-year-old son. If you have any information about Jessica's death, you can reach Crime Stoppers at 210-224-STOP. Or you can reach the San Antonio PD Homicide Department at 210-207-7635. Number 9. The Unsolved Murder of Cornelius Dante Brown On April 24, 2021, 22-year-old Cornelius Dante Brown, a sailor stationed at Coronado, was hosting a small get-together at his place located at 4306 Echo Court in La Mesa, California. Dante and his guests were drinking and some were even playing drinking games. According to Dante's mom, most present at his party were Navy workers, with the exception of one to three people. At around 12.30 a.m., someone knocked on the door and Dante answered. And it was then that Dante was met by two masked men who shot him multiple times. Dante was critically wounded. He had been shot in the chest and neck. The shooters immediately took off running. According to the Times of San Diego, the two men ran south on Echo Court, then east on Echo Drive. The witnesses inside the apartment identified the shooters as wearing ski masks and black hooded sweatshirts. Now I say shooters, but it appears that there were two men, but only one did the shooting. Dante was originally from South Carolina. He joined the Navy in February of 2018. He was a petty officer third class and was assigned to the USS Abraham Lincoln. In October of 2021, six months after Dante's murder, a $10,000 reward was offered for any information leading to the suspects in Dante's murder. Detectives are still seeking your help with any information about Dante's murder. If you have any information, you can contact the La Mesa Police Department at 619-667-1400. Or you can contact Crime Stoppers at 888 888- 580 tips. Dante's parents are pleading with the public for help. Dante's father told NBC, quote, I would ask they come forward and bring closure to this family. Yes, it's been a long time, but I just don't want this to be another black man killed and the killer goes free, end quote. Number eight, a Coast Guardsman is killed in front of her house. At around 5.30 a.m. on August 3rd, 2021, Caroline Joy Schallert. Now, let me just correct this. I've seen the pronunciation different ways. I've seen Schallert, Schallert, and Schollert. So her name is Caroline Joy. She dialed 911 to report an attempted car burglar outside her home on Myra Street in Riverside, Florida. 
According to reporting by New York Daily News, Caroline told the operator what was going on, but at the same time, Caroline approached the burglar and held him at gunpoint, telling him to stay put. Instead, the would-be burglar fired multiple shots at Caroline and ran off. This all occurred while Caroline was on the phone with 911. Sadly, Caroline wouldn't be alive for long because only 10 minutes later at 5.40 a.m. when first responders arrived on scene, she was laying unconscious in her driveway. She later died of her injuries. The shooter was nowhere in sight. Authorities quickly pull surveillance video and they find an image of a person immediately before the shooting and then a car they believe to be the getaway car. The day after the killing, authorities blast this information on local news asking the public for help. They offered $20,000 for any information leading to an arrest. Well, a week later, on August 11th, 22-year-old Tyree Parker turned himself in at the police station. He looked exactly like the guy in the surveillance video. Tyree was subsequently charged with second-degree murder for Caroline's senseless murder. Sadly, it was reported by the New York Daily News that the morning that Caroline died, Tyree had been strolling the neighborhood testing car doors to see if any were open. He broke into at least eight cars that night. And to add insult to injury, the gun that Tyree allegedly used to shoot Caroline had been stolen from an unlocked car in Caroline's very own neighborhood. The theft of that gun occurred two weeks earlier. According to the Florida Times Union, Caroline was a former member of the Indian Neck Pine Orchid Volunteer Fire Company 9. News 4 Jacks reported that Caroline was assigned to the Helicopter Interdiction Tactical Squadron. She was a member of the Florida Coast Guard unit that handles drug interdictions. She had served in the Coast Guard for eight years, and she was engaged to be married to another service member, and she lived in this neighborhood in Riverside for roughly six years, according to a neighbor who spoke to News 4 Jacks. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru, Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which, listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMAMARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T, for 15% off. 
enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. Number seven, Fort Carson, the murder of Tashiana Blake. A little after midnight on February 20th, 2021, Army Sergeant Dermot Blake and his wife Tashiana Blake got into an explosive argument at their Squabush Ridge Grove home outside of Fort Carson, Colorado. During the argument, there were gunshots. The couple's two little girls, who were five and seven years old, woke up from all the noise. Tashiana called for her daughters, who came out into the hallway and saw their dad, Dermot, holding a gun, and they saw their mom covered in blood. The seven-year-old daughter looked at her mom and told her to apologize to the father, and Tashiana told Dermot that she was sorry. But nonetheless, Dermot pointed the gun at her head and executed her right there in front of those two little girls. Tashiana had been shot a total of six times. Dermot then retreated to his bedroom. The seven-year-old little girl later told police that she wanted to call the police, but she loved her dad so much despite the fact that he just killed her mom. Before 1 a.m., Dermot called the police himself and told them that he shot his wife. When police arrived, they realized this wasn't the first time they had been called to the home. In 2019, on the same day that Tashiana had filed for divorce, police were called to the home over a marital discord. However, when police arrived, they were told no one had been physical, so they left. Months later, the divorce was withdrawn and the couple remained married. Dermot was immediately taken into custody that day and charged with first-degree murder and child abuse. He has since been discharged from the army and is awaiting trial. Number six, Schofield Barracks, the murder of Selena Roth. In mid-January 2021, Joanne Roth posted the following message to Facebook, quote, if anyone has heard from Selena Roth in the last few days, please message me and let me know. We asked the local police to do a welfare check and they have been unable to locate her. She's still living in Hawaii and we're feeling pretty helpless so far away. Please pray that she is safe and we hear from her soon, end quote. Well, at 8 a.m. on January 13th of 2021, authorities do their job and they conduct a welfare check at Selena's home on Schofield Barracks in Honolulu, Hawaii. Authorities arrive at her house and the door is blocked by those big trash receptacles. When they open the trash to either move it or just to look inside, they can't believe their eyes. There, inside the trash can, is the body of Selena Roth. Hours after Selena's mom had posted on Facebook asking for help, she heard the devastating news. Joanne Roth updated the public with an updated message on Facebook, which stated, quote, Thank you to everyone for your prayers and good wishes. Sadly, the end result was our worst nightmare. Selena was a victim of homicide and found on the property of the apartment, end quote. The community was shocked. Who would commit such a heinous crime on a military installation? Well, a suspect is not initially named in this case. But within a few days, Army officials announced that they had a suspect in pretrial confinement, but they didn't name the person. And we were all waiting with bated breath. Who could it be? While people wait to hear who the suspect is, the media learns everything they can about Selena. 25-year-old Selena Roth was an Army Signals Intel analyst until she was medically discharged from the Army in March of 2020. Selena was divorced and she had a one-year-old daughter from her first marriage. And at the time of her death, Selena was estranged from her second husband, a 20-something-year-old soldier named Specialist Raul Hernandez Perez. 
He was an Army Intel Specialist as well with the 500th Military Intelligence Brigade. According to the Honolulu Star Advertiser, Selena and Raul had filed for divorce on October 8th, and Stars and Stripes specifically reported that Raul was the one who filed for divorce. And it seemed that the pair had a contentious relationship because not even a month after filing for divorce, on November 4th, Raul filed a restraining order against Selena, claiming that she destroyed his computer and that she was throwing things at him. He even claimed that she punctured the tires on his car. And well, at least as reported by the Law and Crime Network, Selena had a history of throwing things at her spouses. Apparently, Selena's first husband filed a restraining order against her at some point, claiming that she had been throwing something at him. Okay, so let's fast forward two weeks after Selena's body was discovered. The military releases a statement saying that Selena's estranged husband, Raul, has been charged in her murder. And if you've been with the True Crime Army long, you know no one was really surprised that the husband was arrested. Well, for once in the history of military court-martials, this case moves at the speed of light. The Article 32 hearing, which is similar to a preliminary hearing, takes place only a few months after the murder, and the prosecution hinted at the possibility that the motive for murder was that Raul wanted to rekindle a relationship with an ex-girlfriend. But that really doesn't make any sense since him and Selena were already in the process of divorcing. Well, listen, before Selena was murdered, Raul was Googling things like, quote, how many swings does it take to kill someone with a bat, end quote. Okay, who Googles that? And Raul is the king of Google because between January 11th and the 12th, remember she was discovered on the 13th, Raul returned to Selena's house and Googled trash pickup days. The Honolulu Star Advertiser reported that authorities found a terrible crime scene inside the home. They also found a grave dug in the backyard. And during the hearing, the prosecutor argued that Raul used a two by two to strike Selena. Raul faced a court martial in September of 2021, where he had originally pled not guilty. But last minute, he changed his plea to guilty. In a military court martial, when someone pleads guilty, they have to tell the judge in their own words how they're guilty or how they meet the elements of the crime. And according to Naples Daily News, Raul told the judge that on January 9th, he and Selena went out for their one year anniversary dinner. They spent the night together and at about 4 a.m., Raul woke up and all the things that bothered him about their marriage, it all just bubbled up all at once. So. While Selena slept, he grabbed a bat and bludgeoned her four times. Then, when he realized she was still breathing, he went to the kitchen, grabbed a knife, and then he stabbed her to death. Then, he dumped her body in the trash. At Raul's sentencing hearing, the military prosecutor argued that Raul should get 65 years in jail, which was the maximum according to the plea agreement. Raul's defense attorney felt that some leniency should be granted because Raul was, quote, pushed to the brink, end quote, by Selena. The divorce was going to be finalized in a few weeks. But according to the defense attorney, Selena threatened to kill Raul's mother. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. But not so fast there, defense attorney. If Selena was to blame and Raul just, I don't know, snapped. Isn't it convenient that Raul then took out a $100,000 life insurance policy on Selena just weeks before he killed her? Well, on September 14th, 2021, nine months after Selena's senseless murder, the military judge sentenced Raul to 62 years in prison and a dishonorable discharge. 
After the trial, Selena's mom took to Facebook again, writing, quote, Our family is satisfied with the outcome and we feel the prosecution portrayed an honorable picture of Selena, end quote. Number five, Joint Base Lewis McCord, the murder of Denise Smith. On July 18th, 2021, at around 6 a.m., police responded to 909 A Street in Tacoma, Washington. This was an office building that housed several businesses, but most importantly, it was home to Division II of the Court of Appeals. Police were called because a morning shift security guard came in to relieve the night shift guard. And when he got there, he discovered the security guard lying on the floor, bleeding and unresponsive. The female security guard on the floor was 41-year-old Denise Smith, and she was new to this job. This was maybe her third or fourth shift. It was evident from looking at her that she was deceased and she had been badly beaten. But it should be noted that the person lying dead on the floor was unrecognizable, although it would be easy to identify her through security video footage. No one knew what happened to her, but looking up, it was obvious that whatever happened to her was caught on camera. They combed through the area and discovered that one of the windows in a conference room had been broken from the inside, and there was blood around that area. And while they're investigating Denise's murder, officers are notified that they responded to the same vicinity just four hours earlier at 2 a.m., when a man covered in blood was outside the same building screaming for help. That man was Joint Base Lewis McCord Ranger Patrick Byrne. When police arrived at 2 a.m., he had told them he had been stabbed. He was immediately taken to the hospital and examined, and no stab wounds were found, although, like I said, he was covered in blood. He was extremely intoxicated and believed to have suffered from a head wound. Police suspect there is a connection between him and Denise Smith, and when they go to the video footage, their suspicions are confirmed. According to an affidavit, the police witnessed the following. Denise is securing the building and she sees a woman outside. Denise goes outside to chat with her briefly. And as the woman walks away and Denise enters the building, a man walks up to the woman who was outside and they say a few words to each other. Patrick then climbs to the first landing where Denise is inside and he's at the door. Denise motions for him to leave, but when he doesn't, she opens the door. Patrick barges past her in the building and Denise then grabs at his arm or shirt to get him to leave, and it is then that Patrick commences a beating. Mind you, Patrick is six feet tall, and Denise is only five feet tall. Patrick knocks Denise down to the ground and begins to beat her with his fist. Then he grabs her by the braids and basically drags her like a rag doll while he continues to pummel her in the face. Denise is able to escape a few times, but every time she runs away, he catches her and drags her back. At one point, she tried to run for the elevator, but he caught her. Denise is fighting, but Patrick is overpowering her and she's losing strength with each punch to the face. At one point, he climbs on her and he grabs her keys. And then he starts to stab her in the face with the keys. One detective describes watching everything that's happening on the surveillance video and describes Patrick as trying to gouge Denise's eyes out. And then Patrick puts one of the keys between his fingers and he continues to punch her. But as he's punching her, he's stabbing her with the key. After this had gone on for eight whole minutes, Patrick then flips Denise on her stomach and he begins to strangle her. 
According to the report, Denise was still alive at this point because she's kicking her legs trying to get out of this fight. But Patrick continues to strangle her. Eventually, she stops moving, but Patrick doesn't let go. For an entire one to two minutes, he holds strong and finally he lets her go. Patrick then walks to a different area in the building and he tries to break a window in a conference room. He returns to the lobby and he's throwing things around. Patrick then leaves the building and when he gets to the landing, he goes out of sight. But another camera angle shows him lying 14 feet below the landing. It's unclear if he jumped or fell, but either way, at the bottom, he either falls asleep or he's knocked unconscious. But eventually he comes to, and that's when he woke up and began screaming. Detectives soon learned that before Denise and Patrick's paths crossed that night, Patrick had been out at a bar with some people when he got into an altercation, which ended with him being punched in the face. After he was punched in the face, he ran out of the bar, and it's unclear how far the bar was in reference to where Denise was working as a security guard, and that's when everything happened. Patrick Byrne has been charged with first-degree murder, burglary, and kidnapping. He's being held on a $2 million bond. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. Number four, the murder of Aquila Ware. At 12.50 p.m. on October 5th, 2021, Georgia police were called to the scene of a car crash. When they arrived, they found 28-year-old Aquila Ware, a 33-week pregnant woman, slumped over in her Honda Accord on the side of Highway 18 near East Drummond Road. Her car was smashed into a tree. Police officers approached the car and they attempted to help the woman. And as they got closer, they saw bullet holes on the car. It was evident that Aquila's injuries were intentional, but initially they had nothing to go on. Who would have done this to Aquila? Attempting to rescue Aquila from the vehicle would prove difficult as they had to pry her from the car. She was then rushed to the hospital, but neither she nor her baby boy survived. Remember, she was 33 weeks pregnant. Immediately after the murder, Aquila's family spoke to the media asking for help in identifying Aquila's murderer. And then things got silent for like a day or two. This case was not in the media as a military-connected case initially. 
until Friday, October 8th, when the Troop County Sheriff James Woodruff and Police Captain Ellington gave a press conference. The sheriff and the chief reported that 30-year-old Staff Sergeant Alonzo Dargan Jr., a soldier stationed at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, was arrested on October 7th and charged with murder and feticide in the killing of Aquila and the unborn baby. Turns out that Alonzo was Aquila's long-distance boyfriend and the alleged father of her unborn baby. But Alonzo was married to someone else and had a few kids of his own. You see, Alonzo and Aquila, they grew up together. Alonzo is actually from the area in Georgia where Aquila was gunned down. Aquila had five other kids, but none of them were fathered by Alonzo. So whoever murdered her destroyed her entire family. Not much has been released about this case, but according to news outlets, investigators are certain that whoever killed Aquila was following her starting at Jones Crossroads, which is where Highway 219 and Highway 18 meet. At some point, someone driving a silver Nissan that had been following Aquila shot into her moving car, then rammed her off the road where the car crashed into a tree. While Alonzo has been charged in this case, the investigation is still ongoing and anyone with information is urged to call the Troop County Sheriff's Office. They can be reached at 706-883-1616 or you can contact Crime Stoppers at 404-577-8477. Number three. Fort Hood, the murder of Sergeant Francine Martinez. On September 4th, 2021, Fort Hood soldier Sergeant Francine Martinez was shot in the head while leaving a Colleen, Texas nightclub at 1.45 a.m. According to reporting by KWTX, witnesses immediately told the police that Francine had been out having a good time at the nightclub when all of a sudden she bumped into another soldier who had fathered Francine's child. This soldier's name is Corporal Mosley. While at the nightclub, Francine and Mosley got into a heated argument in the parking lot, whereas Francine took off in her red Dodge Challenger. Mosley allegedly took off after her in his white Chrysler. While Francine drove down the 100 block of West Elms Road, Mosley allegedly shot six times into Francine's car. And that's when Francine's car came to a halt. Turns out she had been hit by a bullet and she was transported by a good Samaritan to Seton Medical Center. Then she was airlifted to Baylor, Scott and White. After being shot, Francine was in the hospital holding on for dear life. Meanwhile, police were interrogating Mosley because of what the witnesses had said. And investigators noticed that Mosley's car was also banged up and they found the gun in his car. While he told them about the argument, he told them he hadn't shot Francine. So the question remains, who else was in the car with Mosley after he took off after Francine? Mosley was arrested and charged with aggravated assault of a family member with a deadly weapon and discharge of a firearm in a municipality. Sadly, Francine died 12 days after being shot by the father of her child. After Francine died from her injuries, everyone just wanted to see what would happen to Mosley. I remember seeing things like hashtag justice for Francine being used on social media when this happened. Well, in November of 2021, a grand jury indicted Mosley for the murder of Francine. But listen, what gives? What could this have been over? Well, it turns out that Francine and Mosley had a lot of history together. As I said, they had a child. 
Before going to Hood, Francine and Mosley were stationed at Fort Carson together. And it turns out that in August of 2020, Francine had been trying to establish paternity for her baby. Now, this is just an assumption I would say here, but I'm assuming that she was doing this maybe in an effort to start up steady child support payments, but I could be wrong. Well, on August 31st, as reported by KWTX, days before the tragic shooting, Mosley had been served with court paperwork, quote, concerning a child he had with another soldier, end quote. Mosley is scheduled to be in court sometime soon, and he's pending trial. Number two, Fort Campbell, the murder of Megan Santiago. In early October 2021, news broke that Sergeant First Class Joseph Santiago, a signal support system specialist with the 5th Special Forces Group, had been arrested for beating his 32-week pregnant wife, Megan Santiago. Megan, mother of two, was on life support since late September, and miraculously, after she had been brutally beaten, the doctors were able to save the baby. Because remember, she was 32 weeks pregnant, so she had an emergency C-section. Megan, however, was placed on life support, and sadly, she did not survive. While many believe that Megan and Joseph had a normal, happy life, the couple, parents to a seven and four-year-old and soon-to-be newborn, had a dark secret. Joseph was controlling and physically abusive. And by the time that she was brutally attacked, Megan had had enough. She had actually called home and asked for help from her family. And her family was waiting until October 7th to come and secretly save her and the two kids. Because this was the day that Joseph was going to be away at work for the entirety of the day. But that day would never arrive. The murder occurred on base at Fort Campbell. And initially after Joseph's arrest, he was placed in civilian confinement. But he's no longer being held there. I am assuming he was charged by the army and is currently in military pretrial confinement somewhere. This case caused extreme outrage, as any and every senseless murder should, and the local community created a Facebook page to show support for Megan. And if you want to follow it, it's called the Voices for Megan Santiago Facebook group. Joseph is currently pending court-martial. When I last checked, the kids were in the Kentucky Child Services System and Megan's family was fighting to take over custody of the kids. Number one, NAS Pensacola, the murder of Colin James Turner. At 12.53 p.m. on September 8, 2021, 34-year-old Navy Chief Bree Kristen Kuhn called the police to report an argument with her husband, 34-year-old Colin James Turner. The police responded to their house located at 6184 Jenks Drive in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Bree and her husband were home with three children. The police arrive at the home and assess the situation and seeing no issues besides a domestic dispute between a wife and a husband arguing about something, the police eventually leave. Four hours later at 4.57 p.m., Colin called the police. Again, police arrive, they assess the situation, and they leave. Now, if you're anything like me, you're wondering what in the world were they calling the police for? And the answer is, I don't know. The police have not released this information. But it appears that it was something about Colin wanting to take the kids out of town. But of course, it doesn't appear that there was any mention of physical abuse by other party that we know of at this time. Well, less than 90 minutes after the second call at 6.22 p.m., 
Colin calls 911 again. This time, while on the phone with dispatch, he tells the dispatcher that his wife has just locked him in the garage. But before Colin can say anything else, there's one gunshot and Colin says, quote, she just shot me, end quote. Then there were three more gunshots. Within four minutes of the call, police arrive at the house. There they find Colin is dead in the garage. They immediately take Bree into custody. Two of the kids are immediately placed in Florida Child Services until family can pick them up, and one child is sent to be with the bio dad. Bree was charged with first-degree murder in the state of Florida. Sadly, Colin James Turner was a 14-year Marine veteran who proudly served in an EOD unit, and he reached the rank of gunnery sergeant. During a press conference the day following the shooting, a reporter asked Sheriff Bob Johnson if Bree made any statements when she was arrested. Sheriff Johnson did not want to get into it, but he did say that she was shocked. And then he said, imagine, quote, you're a Navy chief one day and then the next day you're in jail, end quote. As we start off 2022, this episode wraps up 2021 in a nutshell. Y'all, my purpose for starting this podcast still rings true today instilling in everyone that they should remain vigilant regardless if you're on a military installation or not. Take care of one another. This was a year in review and there was still so many other cases that I could have talked about today. So I leave you with that. I'll keep you all posted on updates and conclusions of the cases discussed today. Be sure to follow me on social on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast, on TikTok at Military Margot with a T at the end, and join the Facebook discussion group at facebook.com slash groups slash military true crime. If you want to continue to hear these stories or if you want to support the show, please leave five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And now you can also leave a rating on Spotify. So I am so excited about that. Show me some love in the ratings, y'all. This show was created by Mamo Margot Productions and produced in collaboration with my bootcamp and higher fan club members. The music was created by TyOps. Until next time, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of, so remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous year, and I'll keep digging to bring you more military murder stories next time. I was working on our podcast. I don't want to.